Section 31, Volume 2 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2, Section 31. When it was the eighty-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the Wazir Dandan thus continued to Sau al Makan. Now, when came the day for the Sultan's fast, the old woman went her ways. And after he had accomplished the ten days thereof, on the eleventh he opened the gugglet and drank what was therein, and found it cordial to his stomach. Within the second ten days of the month the old woman returned, bringing sweetmeats wrapped in a green leaf like no leaf of known tree. She went into thy sire and saluted him, and when he saw her he rose to her, saying, Welcome, O pious lady! O king, quoth she, the invisible controls salute thee, for I told them of thee, and they rejoiced in thee, and have sent thee their halva, which is of the sweetmeats of the other world. Do thou break thy fast on it at the end of the day. The king rejoiced at this with great joy, and exclaimed, Praised be Allah, who hath given me brethren of the invisible world. Thereupon he thanked the ancient dame, and kissed her hands, and he honoured her and the damsels with exceeding honour. She went forth for the twenty days of thy father's fast, at the end of which time she came to him and said, Know, O king, that I told the invisible controls of the love which is between me and thee, and informed them how I had left the maidens with thee and they were glad that the damsels should belong to a king like thee, for they were wont when they saw them to be strenuous in offering on their behalf prayers and petitions ever granted. So I would fain carry them to the invisible controls, that they may benefit by thy breath of their favour, and peradventure they shall not return to thee without some treasure of the treasures of the earth, that thou, after completing thy fast, mayst occupy thyself with their raiments, and help thyself by the money they shall bring thee, to the extent of thy desires. When thy sire heard her words, he thanked her for them, and said, Except that I fear to cross thee, I would not accept the treasure of aught else. But when wilt thou set out with them? Replied she, On the seven-and-twentieth night, and I will bring them back to thee at the head of the month, by which time thou wilt have accomplished thy fast, and they will have had their courses, and be free from impurity, and they shall become thine, and be at thy disposal. By Allah, each damsel of them is worth many times thy kingdom. He said, I know it, O pious lady. Then quoth the old woman, There is no help but that thou send with them someone in thy palace who is dear to thee, 
that she may find solace and seek a blessing of the invisible controls. Quoth he, I have a Greek slave called Sophia, by whom I have been blessed with two children, a girl and a boy, but they were lost years ago. Take her with thee, that she may get the blessing. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the eighty-sixth night, she said, it hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the Wazir Dandan continued to saw al-Makan. Quoth thy sire to the ancient woman when she demanded the handmaids of him, I have a Greek slave called Sophia, by whom I have been blessed with two children, a girl and a boy, but they were lost years ago, so take her with thee, haply she may get the benediction, and, belike, the invisible controls will sue Allah for her, that her two children may be restored to her. Thou hast said well, replied she, for that indeed was her grievous want. Thy sire gave not over finishing his fast till the old woman said to him, O my son, I am going to the invisible controls, so bring me Sophia. Accordingly he summoned her, and she came forthright, and he delivered her to the old woman, who mixed her up with the other damsels. Then she went into her chamber, and bringing out a sealed cup, presented it to the sultan, saying, On the thirtieth day do thou repair to the hammam, and when thou comest out, enter one of the closets in thy palace, and drink what is in this cup. Then sleep, and thou shalt attain what thou seekst, and peace be with thee. Thereat the king was glad, and thanked her, and kissed her hands. Quoth she, I commend thee to Allah's care. Whereat quoth he, And when shall I see thee again, O pious lady? In very sooth I love not to part with thee, then she called down blessings on him, and departed with the five damsels and the queen. Whilst the king fasted after her departure other three days, till the month ended, when he rose and went to the hammam, and coming out shut himself up in a closet of his palace, commanding that none should go into him. There, after making fast the door, he drank what was in the cup, and lay down to sleep and we sat awaiting him till the end of the day, but he did not come out, and we said, Perchance he is tired with the bath, and with watching by night and fasting by day, wherefore he sleepeth. So we waited till next day, but still he did not come forth. Then we stood at the closet door, and cried aloud, so haply he might awake and ask what was the matter. But nothing came of that, so at last we lifted up the door, and going in found him dead, with his flesh torn into strips and bits of his bones broken. When we saw him in this condition, it was grievous to us, and we took up the cup and found within its cover a piece of paper whereon was inscribed, Whoso doth evil, 
leaveth no regrets, and this to be the reward of him who playeth traitor with the daughters of kings, and who debauches them. And we make known to all who fall upon this scroll, that Sharkan, when he came to our country, seduced our queen Abrisa, nor did that suffice him, but he must needs take her from us and bring her to you. Then he sent her away in company of a black slave, who slew her, and we found her lying dead on the desert sward, and thrown out to wild beasts. This is no kingly deed, and he who did this is requited with naught but what he merited. So do ye suspect none of having killed him, for no one slew him but the cunning witch, whose name is Sat al-Dawahi. And behold, I have taken the king's wife, Sophia, and have carried her to her father, Afridun, king of Constantinople. Moreover, there is no help for it but that we wage war upon you, and kill you, and take your country from you, and ye shall be cut off even to the last man. Nor shall a living soul be spared by death, nor one who bloweth fire with his breath, save he who cross and belt worshippeth. When we read this paper, we knew that the ancient woman had beguiled us and carried out her plot against us. Whereupon we cried aloud and buffeted our faces, and wept sore, when weeping availed us naught. And the troops fell out as to whom they should make sultan. Some would have thee, and others would have thy brother Sharkan. And we ceased not to dispute about this for the space of a month, at the end of which certain of us drew together, and agreed to repair to thy brother Sharkan. So we set out and journeyed on till we fell in with thee. And such is the manner of the death of Sultan Omar bin al-Nu'uman. Now, when the Wazir Dandan had made an end of his story, Sa'u al-Makan and his sister, Nusat al-Saman, wept. And the Chamberlain, who wept also, said to Sa'u al-Makan, O king, weeping will avail thee not, nor shall aught profit thee, but that thou harden thy heart and strengthen thy stress, and establish thy sovereignty. For verily whoso leaveth the like of thee is not dead. Thereupon Sa'u al-Makan gave over his weeping, and caused his throne to be set up without the pavilion, and then commanded the army to pass in review order before him. And the chamberlain sat by his side, and all the armor-bearers behind him whilst the Wazir Dandan and the rest of the emirs and grandees stood each in his individual steed. Then quoth King Sa'u al-Makan to the minister Dandan, Inform me concerning my sire's treasures, and he replied, I hear and I obey, and gave him to know of the late king's hoards and monies, and what was in the treasury of amassed wealth and jewels and acquainted him with other precious things. So Sa'u al-Makan opened his hand to the army, and gave a sumptuous robe of honour to the Wazir Dandan, saying, Thou continues in office. Whereupon Dandan kissed the ground before him, 
and wished him long life. Then he bestowed dresses on the emirs, after which he said to the chamberlain, Bring out before me the tribute of Damascus that is with thee. So he was shown the chests of money and rarities and jewels, when he took them and parted them all amongst the troops. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the eighty-seventh night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Sau al-Makan ordered the chamberlain to bring out before him what he had brought of the tribute of Damascus. And when he was shown the chests of money and rarities and jewels, he took them and parted them all amongst the troops, till nothing was left. And the emirs kissed the ground before him, and wished him long life, saying, Never saw we a king who gave the like of these gifts. Then all went away to their tents, and when it was morning he gave orders for marching. So they marched for three days, till on the fourth day they drew near to Baghdad. When they entered the city, they found it decorated, and Sa'u al-Makan, the sultan, went up to his father's palace and sat down on the throne, whilst the emirs of the army and the wazir Dandan and the chamberlain of Damascus stood between his hands. Then he bade his private secretary write a writ to his brother Sharkan, acquainting him with all that had passed, from first to last, and he concluded, As soon as thou hast read this letter, make ready thine affair and join us with thine army, that we may turn to holy war upon the infidels, and take man-boat for our father, and wipe out the stain upon our honour. Then he folded the letter and sealed it with his seal-ring, and said to the minister Dandan, None shall carry this letter but thou, and it behoveth thee speak my brother fair and say to him, If thou have a mind to thy father's kingdom, it is thine, and thy brother shall be viceroy for thee in Damascus, for to this effect I am instructed by him. So the wazir went down from before him, and made ready for his march. Then Sau al-Makan bade set apart a magnificent house for the firemen, and furnished it with the best furniture, and long is the tale of that fireman. Presently Sau al-Makan went out chasing and hunting, and as he was returning to Baghdad, one of the emirs presented him with blood horses and with beauteous handmaids, whose description the tongue evades. One of the damsels pleased him, so he went in unto her and knew her that night, and she conceived by him forthright. After a while the wazir Dandan returned from his journey, bringing him news of his brother Sharkan, and that he was then on his way to him, and said, It were fitting thou go forth to meet him. So al-Makan replied, I hear, and I consent. And riding forth with his grandees a day's journey from Baghdad, he pitched his pavilions there, awaiting his brother. Next morning appeared King Sharkan amid the army of Syria, a horseman of might, a lion fierce in fight, a pro and doughty knight. 
As the squadrons drew nigh, and the dust clouds came hard by, and the troops rode up with banners on high, Sao al-Makan and those with him pushed forward to meet Sharkan and his men. And when Sao al-Makan saw his brother, he desired to dismount, but Sharkan conjured him not to do on this wise, and himself footed it, and walked a few paces towards him. As soon as he reached Sao al-Makan, the new sultan, threw himself upon him, and Sharkan embraced him and wept with great weeping, and the twain condoled with each other. Then they mounted and rode onward, they and their troops, till they reached Baghdad, where they alighted and went up to the royal palace, and there they passed that night, and when next morning came, Sawal Makan went forth and bade summon the troops from all parts, and proclaimed a holy war and a razzia, they then awaited the coming of the levies from each quarter of the kingdom, and every one who came they entreated with honour and promised him all manner of good, till in so doing a full month had sped, and the fighting men flocked to them in a continuous body. Then Sharkan said to Tsao al-Makan, O oh, my brother, tell me thy history. So he told him all that had befallen him from first to last, including the benevolent dealing of the fireman with him. Asked Sharkan, Hast thou requited his kindness? And he answered, O oh, my brother, I have not rewarded him as yet, but in Salah. I will recompense him when as I return from this raid. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 31 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2 Read by Lars Rolander